Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, Sue Jackson, Under Human, and my guest today is Classy Vestas, and we're on Skype, and always when we start, we always have a bit of an echo, but I see they've taken that off. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much to DJ Flo, Craig, and Wussy for all they're doing to keep all of us presenters on air. It really, we're doing it from Skype or Zoom, and they are definitely helping us just remain sane. Our topic today, my our guest today is Classy Vessels. Classy has been on my program twice this year, and it's always such a pl- absolute privilege to have you with me, Classy. And you, our feedback afterwards is always so positive and so good that I, I I just always feel I have to invite you back, especially in this time of challenge of lockdown because of your wisdom. Um, Plassi is a, a, has a diplomat in logotherapy. He, he is an entrepreneur. He was, especially in the advertising field. He decided that uh, instead of branding a, a brand, he would look at people's lives, a story of people's lives, moved to Stellenbosch, he runs a street school uh, retreats to, to Dara Masala, and he does so much else. And Classy, I said, I mean, I got an invitation from you for your workshop this weekend. So first of all, welcome. Oh, thank you, Sue. You're always, always so very kind with your introductions. It's a... Uh... I, I, as you speak, I just become, I just start feeling smaller and smaller. I mean, there's such a big world with such wonderful people doing wonderful things out there, but it's nice to be here. We're in the middle of winter. So if you, if your listeners are in the southern hemisphere, so maybe we can celebrate the turn. We're heading towards summer in a few months. <laughs> yes, we've, we've actually had the shortest, uh, day and already. So there yes, you are. Yes, yes. So just tell me, I received your invitation for your, your workshop, unfortunately, because it was on a Saturday, uh, I couldn't do it, your Saturday and Sunday, but it sounded fascinating. It was called Your Precious Life, a logotherapy workshop. But first of all, our topic is to, to thine own self be true, which is by Shakespeare. And Frankl said an unexamined life is not worth living. So tell me about your workshop that you you did because obviously it was in searching for our own meaning. Um, absolutely, Sue. Yeah, that, this is a, a workshop we had scheduled um, almost a year ago with the uh, Ikopo Retreat Center in Ikopo KZN. So the idea was that on on Friday 19 to Sunday 21 June we would host this uh, retreat there at the at the Buddhist Retreat Center in Ikopo. But with mm-hmm. COVID, we had to change our programs. And, um, you know, all their um, retreats got obviously converted to uh, online platforms. Um, and interestingly, where most of the other workshops were reduced from a weekend to one or possibly two hours, 
me and my partner, Samantha Sparks, who, who uh, facilitates these sessions with me, we decided we're going to replicate the workshop as much as we can and offer it sort of not full time, but over the full length of the of the weekend. So we started eight o'clock on Saturday morning, uh, finished um, um, at about uh, four o'clock on Saturday afternoon and the same on Sunday. So it wasn't one push. We had like six uh, sessions all on Zoom. Uh, with the participants, um, you know, work, you know, doing the same thing—the worksheets, the discussion, the, the, the discuss, you know, the, the exercises and sharing the, the, the teachings of Dr. Frankel. So it was very cool. It was really. Yes. Um, and did you yeah. have a good participation? Yeah, it was a bit low. Uh, it was it was not as uh, many as we thought as or hoped for. I think um, at this stage the platforms uh, is maybe a bit intimidating for some people. Not everybody knows how to navigate on Zoom or Teams. And I think people are getting used to a, a new way of hosting this. But, I mean, for us, uh, it is the way to go. I mean, we we are, Sam and I have made such progress in learning how to add value through a, a platform like Teams or Zoom um, and, and make it still as valuable, um, almost as good as having had the, having been there in person. So That's it was very, very successful. Well, yeah, very successful. Can you get thing. back to that so that because I, I want to know how people can get in touch with you, but mm-hmm. I just have to go to advert. Remember, you mm-hmm. know all the adverts, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. I'm back with Classy Vessels. Our subject today is um, to thine own self be true. We were talking about his workshops. We're going to tell you more about how you can get hold of him at the end of the show. But, you know, the power of the human spirit is to become an active partner in our own lives and to find the courage to live within our challenges. And Classy, I must admit that I think that at the moment, this is very much what each of us is being expected to do, especially as lockdown becomes a bit more confusing going from one stage to another, but never quite knowing where we actually are the whole time. So we're having to be very, very um flexible about it, you know, and uh, today you and I are going to be discussing various ways. So let's start with something cheerful, the OPA way. OPA, the OPA way. Would you like to yes. just start us with that? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, OPA, the, um, we, um, the, that is the, the work of the Greek, um, uh, or the, 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 the Greek author, um, uh, uh, Alex Patakos, uh, who, um, wrote his book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts. And he, um, I mean, he, he took the work of Frankel, he met Frankel, and he was a, a actor, a physical student of Frankel. Um, and, uh, the, the OPA way is, uh, in a way resonant for me to um, say yes to life, um, which is uh, the title of a new uh, book uh, and audio book released um, uh, a couple of months ago. Um, it, it is a, 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 comp- a compilation of, of lectures that Frankel gave in 1946, nine months after he was released or, uh, you know, he, he regained his freedom. Uh, and this OPA way for me is resonant to this say yes to life, which is a absolute uh, em- embracing the opportunities. And, um, you know, this in, in this, uh, in this positiveness of, as you say, there's a, 
Frankel will call us to uh, an activism towards a personal expression of our true freedom, our creative freedom. You know, uh, we, he, he, in, in this work, he, he refers to um, how activism has become a little uh, um, um, depressing and, and, and negative and pessimistic. And he is encouraging us to be optimistic in our activism and express our creative freedom, uh, which is, you know, our, which is one of the faculties of our of our conscience. Uh, so yes, um, this uh, Opa way is uh, absolutely in in that spirit. You know, I love a story that uh, uh, Dr. Patakos, Alex Patakos, actually said in his book, The Opa Way. Um, he says uh, the rep- uh, Plato shares the allegory of a cave. And it's commonly called Plato's Cave. And in the story, several prisoners are chained for their entire life in a cave facing a blank wall. The only things they can see are shadows projected on the wall. These images shape their reality. They don't question their reality. Then one of them, the philosopher, is freed. And once outside the cave, he is able, in the sunlight, to see more and more things. His reality shifts upon experiencing this wider view of things in the bigger world. When he returns to the cave to tell the others, they just don't believe him, since their world is limited only to the shadows of the wall. The philosopher then has a decision to make. Does he follow his own new knowledge, or does he stay with his fellow prisoners in the cave and continue to adhere to their illusions. And this very much to me speaks about saying yes to life. Do you agree? I mean, it's a beautiful um, analogy. It is, it is such a cool story. And, uh, you know, I just, as you were talking, I just had images of Socrates encouraging people to question and to ask. And, you know, the, just jumping to um, this, um, the concept of self-discovery and who am I? And, uh, you know, what you said earlier, the unexamined life is not um, uh, with living. Um, but, but this self-discovery and to examine one's own standing and, and own, one's own exi- existential realities is not a, a psychological striptease. It is, it is, a, it is, a, it is an analysis in order to get over yourself and to move as your philosopher in Alex's story into the sunlight and go and express and go and do your thing. Uh, and we can also later maybe talk about Edith Eger and uh, these themes resonant in her book to what we're discussing. We'll get back to that. I just wanted to say that Socrates also says wisdom begins in wonder. And that is so true of what you've just said, you know, to look at the world with different eyes, with, with eyes that are actually open uh, yeah. to the wonderment of the world. Craig is sending me a message that we're going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Uh, we're going to actually have a very short YouTube in a moment, but this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Classy Bessels, and this is Finding Human Show. Why don't we commit suicide? Why do we get up in the morning? What is the meaning of life? Questions that we need to answer at some point in our lives, professionally or personally. The Japanese concept of Ikigai answers these questions by finding our reason for being. What is Ikigai and how can we use its lessons to find meaning and happiness? Ikigai is the happiness of always being busy, 
both professionally and in our day-to-day. It is the passion and talent we have that gives meaning to our days and drives us to share the best of ourselves with the world. When looking for our professional ikigai, we can ask ourselves four questions. What do we love? What are we good at? What does the world need? And what can we be paid for? Ikigai is found at the intersection of these four questions, where passion, mission, vocation, and profession meet. The characteristics of everyday Ikigai are finding flow in everything we do and remaining active, taking it slow and not worrying, cultivating good habits, including good nutrition, nurturing good friendships, living an unhurried life and exercising daily, being optimistic and smiling, reconnecting with nature, giving thanks and having resilience, cherishing wabi-sabi or the imperfection of life, and living by ichigo, ichie, the knowledge that this moment exists only now and won't come again. By finding our professional ikigai and living according to its characteristics in our day-to-day, we can lead meaningful and fulfilling lives. On the Japanese island of Okinawa, people live among the longest in the world. Their secret? Living according to ikigai and thereby constantly maintaining their happiness. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Classy loves this, um, this concept of Ikigai, and that's why I've actually played it. And I think it does, in a way, help us find what are the strengths that we need in able to move forward. And how do we find meaning in our lives? What do we expect of ourselves? And what do we, res- uh, what do we respect of ourselves too? Classy, can you tell me a bit about Ikigaya? Uh, yes, uh, Sue. In fact, uh, um, we, we are integrating Ikigai and also, as you know, Stoicism into the work that the workshops that we do uh, on logotherapy. And what I enjoy about Ikigai is it is very, very simple and very practical. I mean, Frankl's work is deep and rich, um, but Ikigai brings in a, a light, uh, almost artistic uh, way of implementing and, and helping you discover a meaning in your life. So it's, it, it, it's I'm, I'm almost using the word playful. There's something in the true Japanese, you know, the, the, if we think of the Japanese, we think of how, how meticulously they craft their food and their flowers and, and how much, how much uh, respect that put into small little things. And, and for me, that's, that's a nice combination with, uh, with the philosophy of logotherapy because often when we talk about meaning, we are looking for these big Mother Teresa moments and, and the Mandela moments, you know, these big orchestral, um, uh, meanings. And, and that's not always where, that's not where it's at. Um, you know, Frankl often, he, he, or he uses the example of a circle. He says, we each have our own circle and we mustn't compare our circle to other people's circles and we must just fill our circle and Ikigai teaches us how to take care in a nice cup of coffee or you know a glint of a sunlight on a on a pet on a petal or a nice piece of music with a listening with a friend and, and that's it you know sometimes meaning is as simple as those things that's so beautiful and it's it is flowing also with 
with what's being expected of us, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. You know, just going back to to thine own self, be true. The the, the quote from Hamlet, uh, Polonius, I think, was the, the the guy who said it to his son when he was uh, going to university, and it made me think of each of us in our own way is standing the last in line, in a manner of speaking. We are at the forefront. Uh, if one can Im- imagine a lineage, each of us is in the front line of our own life, and we have to forge forward. And with that comes two things, um, an amazing opportunity for new things and to discover, and an amazing opportunity, to, uh, uh, sorry, responsibility, a responsibility to make it happen. It's, and, and Frankel's work is often uh, said that it is a, 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 call, a call to responsibility for one's life, to take to take. To t- make a decision to stand up and to do your thing. Um, so yeah, the, this, uh, this is a call to uh, a call to, to to stand defiantly. And and that is so true, you know that that stand defiantly. And it's also to I think to find the philosopher within ourselves too. Mm. You know, lately um, in our family we have been challenged a bit by the COVID, and uh, my grandson Joshua has been on a repatriation flight back to Israel for quite a few times now that it has to be cancelled at the last minute. And he has become so philosophical of him, uh, of it. And I have learned so much actually uh, uh, from him. And, you know, I came across this. I don't even know who said it. It just said good Shabbos at the end. But it says we can't always choose the music life plays for us, but we mm. can choose how we dance to it mm, and I think that is uh, that is Ikigaya and that is also mm. the far way it's mm. that finding the meaning within what the life's challenges and mm. destiny has brought us to this point and mm. uh, we can't relive the past and we can't change what's happening right now but we certainly can change our attitude mm. absolutely talking about dancing uh, in uh, Edith Eger's um, Book the choice. She she makes reference to when she and Dr. Frankel uh, in 1983 uh, they were at the same uh, logotherapy world congress event, and he was almost 80 and she was around 56 odd, and they were dancing. And she oh. was she was she's reflecting how she danced with him, uh, and and regarded him as one of her two great liberators. The other one was a GI who pulled her out of a, a heap literally, and her theme was no more hiding. And how he almost gave her permission to not to hide from a past and to embrace life fully. And somehow, um, you know, and, and I speak here for myself, I find myself in positions where if I seriously look around, it's almost as if, as if I'm looking for permission to live and express. And s- s- many of us are sort of um, silently waiting for permission to go and do it. And we should give ourselves that permission. We, we should not uh, want to, you know, we shouldn't wait to hear it from somebody else. We all have permission to go and express and to go and stand up and, and, and live fully. And we do have it in within ourselves. I found that I've also been questioning myself so much lately. And, and yeah. it's been good. It's been a growth period. But, you know, I know yeah. that you like that. How do you pronounce it? Heraclitus. Uh, oh, Rick, uh, from, uh, from the Stoics. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you yes. his name? Heraclitus, yeah. So, yes. so uh, Zeno and Marcus Aurelius, yeah. That's right, Seneca and, and Zeno. And yes. what he says on acquiring wisdom, 
applicants for wisdom do what I have done, inquire within. Mm. And I love that because I think that's the only way we can actually find wisdom is to look at the lessons that life has given us and realize that they are not lost in the past. We can bring them to the fore and we can grow them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Frankel uses the term, uh, he calls it our our pre-reflective ontological self-understanding, which it took me forever to understand, but it's the wisdom of the heart. We have a wisdom of the heart. We have a, and if there is a uneasiness on, in us, it is like a restlessness of the heart. And we need to, to go within and listen to that inner voice of conscience. Um, you know, that sort of uh, ethical, uh, moral and ethical sensitivity that we have for what is right and what needs to be done. Um, that sixth sense, we need to connect to that for, for guidance, as you say. And, and that is so true. And it's looking beyond ourselves too. You know, it's, it's actually looking at what life is asking of us, not just of our immediate selves, but collectively as well. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs has just brought out, he gave a wonderful, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of his YouTubes, but on one of his talks about coronavirus and the lessons that we need to learn, it is the I and the we. And if we can come out of this realizing that collectively we have a responsibility to life, we have learned something from this. It hasn't been in vain. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, I, I just want to go back to this, uh, the Say Yes to Life, the, the, the new book from Frankel that got released. Um, yes. there's, a, there's a theme in there that I thought was uncanny. Um, uh, uh, in this, um, um, he talks about the big lies. Cause he, and now you just imagine, this is now in 1946, nine months after he came out of the camps. And he was talking about uh, the big lies and denial and how leaders have deceived and, you know, all this um, falseness uh, that was uh, that was ar- going around as part of that era. And how um, there was a need for new ethical coordinates in order to navigate sensibly into the future. And somehow listening to this now in 2020, sitting in COVID with what's going on, there is absolute, there, there's an absolute echo in that, that we are also looking for new ethical coordinates uh, on how to deal with lockout, how to go forward, how to adjust, how to, how to cope. And, and there's, it, we are not in the same situation as then. I'm not saying that, but, uh, you know, as, as, as Frankel was, of course not, but, but we are um, in our own way, you know, and, and suffering and toughness is not a relative uh, concept really. I mean, we each experience it individually. But uh, it, he is uh, giving us um, uh, ethical coordinates in order to to move forward um, meaningfully. That is very true. And the book that you mentioned, my friend Les Erwig in Australia actually sent it to me to say he had seen it on the BBC. And um, would you recommend it to people listening in? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm finding much value from it. I uh, I didn't buy the hard copy. I got the Audible. So I uh, listened to it um, uh, in, uh, through Audible, but I there, there's uh, interesting new things. Uh, look, he he gave these lectures at the time of writing Man's Search for Meaning, 
Um, so there are uh, duplication, um, but he, he, for instance, there's some some new. Uh, he talks more specifically about the psychology of the camps, uh, and there's a lot of psychological processes that that the inmates uh, um, went through. And he talks about euthanasia and the respect for life and how we, uh, how when we value life. Um, that we must be careful. Now, this is my words. Uh, the currency. We must be careful on the currency we use to evaluate and value a life. Because if we uh, evaluate and value a life based on uh, material outputs and how much money and you know how much business success, that is maybe not the right, uh, the only and right currency. Uh, so, the, and, and, and he encourages us to respect the individual. And that ultimately, when it comes to euthanasia, that the individual has got the right uh, and, and has got the power to, to his or her own life. And, it, and we can't comment and say, but this life is worthless and that life is worth full, you know. So, so he's actually showing that freedom uh, is there right till the end. And, uh, and if the freedom is what we choose, how we choose. It's, a, in, it's yeah. in our attitude of what we yeah. choose. In our lives, just give the name of the book again, please, Carson. Um, uh, it's, it's it's say yes to life. Um, it's, so it's um, uh, the the title is uh, yes to life in spite of everything. Um, that is the and, and if you Google that, it'll come up. Uh, you know, the, my friend Liz in uh, in Australia also sent this. It was um, from Arundhati Roy, who says the pandemic is a portal. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. This one is no different. It is a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. We can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and our hatred, our avarice, our data banks and dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us. Or we can walk through lightly with little luggage, ready to imagine another world. Mm, Isn't that absolutely. beautiful? Oh, that is so well put. Goodness, I wish I could write and speak like that. Um, but you're now reminding me of Yuval Harari when uh, in his talks um, quite a couple of months ago, he started talking about the useless, the, uh, the, the useful and the useless class. And he didn't foresee COVID. But uh, those analogies that he drew on changes that may come in future is now here with us. You know, COVID is going to create um, a useless class where somebody may be very well qualified, able to do amazing things, but it's going to be relatively useless because uh, they couldn't adapt to the to the new world. That's so true. My gosh. That is very true. You know, you also mentioned in our last time, you actually, we, we, we touched on tragic optimism, which we'll get back to, but you mentioned Elizabeth Lucas and mm. uh, it was her sins against our human, uh, her four sins against our yes. human. Why don't you just yes. touch on that for me? 
Yes, yes, yes. That's really that's really interesting. So uh, let me just um, uh, you we don't have an ad break, Nick. So we start now. There's no ad break. Yeah, I'm just now looking to see if if uh, Craig sent me a message. Carry on. He hasn't yet. So please carry so, on. So the, the just as a contextual precursor to this. So uh, Frankel says that we ontologically are made up of three domains. We've got a, a, a physical body, somatic, or a psyche, and then a noetic or the spiritual domain. Now in the no or spiritual domain, that is what ultimately sets us uh, not well, set free, but makes us different from animals, for instance. So, you know, animals uh, have got a psyche, they can experience pain and pleasure, but they don't have consciousness like humans, and that is what truly makes us human. And he, uh, Frankel, uh, uh, refers to consciousness almost like an organ, it is on like a heart or a brain, it, it, it is a, a meaning finding organ, consciousness. Now, uh, Elizabeth, getting to Elizabeth Lucas, she she quotes um, four what she calls sins against our humanness. So the first one is pandeterminism. So uh, pandeterminism is when we uh, when we think that everything has already been decided. Uh, it's all as a foregone conclusion. Um, uh, and, and anybody who denies the autonomy of this uh, noetic dimension that we have um, w- and will define uh, ourselves as victims of fate. So this is the, the, the struggle between fate and freedom. Uh, you know, often we, 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 uh, we, things happen to us and we just pull our shoulders up and say, well, that's, that's my fate or it's my deal. It's, that's the cards I've been dealt. And yes, maybe. But what, what Elizabeth Lucas is saying is that we have the freedom to defy and deny, uh, you know, uh, uh, circum- certain aspects of our faith. So this first one, this concept of pan-determinism is sort of the first sin that she, that she highlights. Uh, the second one is called psychologism. And that is the suggestion that we are just a mixture of emotions and thoughts and feelings and we are just this Psychological apparatus, um, and 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 uh, you know, so, so so we are susceptible to whatever is happening to uh, happening to us uh, from the outside, and this is also denying the power that we have to get above our thoughts, to rise above our th- habitual thinking patterns, and to not fall into thinking traps, and to you know to to, to stand up uh, despite whatever we might think or feel. So that is the the, the second. Um, uh, since she highlights um, the the um, uh, the third one is called reductionism, where you know we we uh, sort of get interpreted we're just part of something bigger we're just a bunch of drives uh, we are pleasure orientated and that's all we want and if we you know as as long as we can have fun it'll be okay and it denies the meaning that we're looking for uh, as, as humans because that ultimately is our biggest biggest. Um, driver is to search for something that is meaningful and true and as Dr. Tria Chantel puts it something good and beautiful Um, so this um, concept of reductionism that we mustn't think of ourselves as being reduced to just this apparatus that's looking for pleasure or power and, so we've uh, always la- got choices then uh, of, of who we become and and, uh, and what we choose to become, the person we choose to become absolutely Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you're moving around. Uh, Craig's just sent me a message to say I'm moving around and he can hear it, but I'm actually not moving around. Are you? Um, I'm standing, so maybe. (laughs) We're just going to add Greg so you can stand for a moment longer. (laughs) This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. 
I am back with Classy Vessels. Our topic today is to, to thine own self be true. We've got a short YouTube coming up now on, uh, by Simon Sinek, and then we're actually going to be talking about optimism and tragic optimism. Hello, Classy. Are you there? And yes, are you yes. sitting down or still standing and moving? All good. All good. <laughs> good. Okay. Thank you, Craig. A why is an origin story. It's it's why we get out of bed in the morning and it's why people care. It's this deep-seated purpose, cause, or belief. It's a spark inside of us. And um, it's present all the time. It's different than motivation. Inspiration is different than motivation. Motivation can be externally driven. It can be temporary. You can be motivated for fear of punishment. You know, if you're going to get punished, you can be motivated. Um and if you're going to get rewarded, you can be motivated, but it doesn't last. That feeling goes away and you have to keep repeating it. Inspiration is this, is this little thing that burns inside of us, sometimes brighter, sometimes dimmer, but it's always there. And it's where we go to for, for, for that internal strength. Um, and it's fueled by our idealism and it's fueled by the love of our friends and our colleagues and our coworkers and our family. That's what keeps that spirit alive. Um, and I, I, I sort of, I make a point to distinguish the difference between positivity and optimism. You know, it's important for us to be optimistic now. And and to me, positivity is is not positivity is like looking at the world and saying everything's good, but the world is difficult right now. Oh yeah. You know. So, but optimism is about being in a dark tunnel and seeing the light, and you're not focused on the tunnel; you're focused on the light. Optimism is not the denial of the current state. It's the belief that if we keep moving, we will hit the light. I don't know how far away that light is. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there. But I know 100% that if we keep moving towards it, we will hit it. And that's optimism. That it, optimism, optimism allows for uh, darkness to exist. Optimism allows for reality to be there. Optimism allows for us to have good days and bad days. It allows Optimism allows us to have setbacks. If you say be positive, that disallows a setback. That disallows you to wake up in the morning and and feel uh that you don't want to you don't want to do the day you know optimism says so take a break today do do it tomorrow <laughs> you know optimism allows for reality uh, and i think that's really important that it that i'm not sure it's important for us to be positive right now but it is definitely important for us to be optimistic this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm Hello, this is Sue Jackson. I'm back with Classy Vessels. If you would like to contact us, you can on uh, 34519. Um, uh, Classy, what did you think about that? But first of all, I just wanted to say that um, optimism, actually, I didn't realize this, but comes from the the Latin word optimum, which means the best. So it is bringing out the best in us, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, no, that uh, it was very well put by Simon Sinek there, um, and it's um, uh, you know there's I, I actually want to tell. Would you mind if I tell just one or two stories to demonstrate um, in uh, what he well, what, how, how I see this through logotherapy? Um, I love your stories. Uh, Carry on. So, so, so Frankel, when he talks about the transitoriness of life, he says that you know if we look at life in three dimensions, the future, now, and the past. Um, the, the, the future is, is something we cannot predict. And it, as Simon was saying about uh, optimism towards the future, what we, what we often forget is that the future is unpredictable. Uh, I mean, we know it intuitively. 
uh, but we we only see the 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 danger of uncertainty we don't see the potential and the possibility of something great happening so there's this story of a prisoner um, uh, that was sent on a on a ship. Uh, this must have happened in the 1950s, from uh, Marseille to uh, Devil's Island, or it must have happened. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but uh, 1940s, 50s. He was sent to a prison, uh, Devil's Island. Uh, there was a, a fire on the ship, and uh, he was released from his chains to help douse the fire, and he rescued ten people. And uh, he was later, um, his sentence was commuted, he was sent back to France, and he was a free man and continued his normal life. Now, had you asked that guy, uh, on going on the boat to a death sentence or a life sentence to Devil's Island, what was in store for him, the picture would have been bleak. I mean, there was no future for him. He was as good as dead. Yet, his future changed. So Frankel encouraged us to look at the future as a potentiality. And what Simon was saying about... Uh, optimism is we don't and, and, and we we don't know you know but but Frankel in he he loved his triad so in um, he's got this um, uh, uh, the optimistic triad of hope faith and love so th- the extent to which we balance and recognize hope faith and love in our lives can help us navigate uh, successfully forward. That is so true and and it's. Um it is, is not, it's realizing that the future is always uncertain. We're never going to know what the future is. And we have to often go into the future with an open mind, actually knowing that we're going to be having to explore it. It just brings to mind a quote by Khalil Gibran. And I'm just trying to think what it was. It was about doubt. Uh, doubt is a pain too lonely to know that faith is his twin brother. Oh, very cool. That, and that is very true. Mm, yeah. uh, Classy, let's just go to tragic optimism. Just tell us about the tragic triad that Victor Frankl talks about. So, um, in the tragic triad, um, it, is, it, is, um, it is like a universal truth. Pain, death, and guilt is part of our existence. Um, there is not one person in this life who is not experiencing pain, death, and guilt. And the, uh, the, the encouragement is to recognize this as a reality of life um, and then to call upon the power of our, our you know, conscience uh, to lift us out of this and to go and um, express and achieve this fight. So Frankel's theory, he doesn't say it's good to suffer. I mean, that's not what he's saying. He says there's meaning despite suffering. The potential for meaning exists despite um, suffering. But Sue, I just want to tell you another story that happened when I took a group of uh, breast cancer survivors to Everest Base Camp. Can we get back to that? As you know, we've got another advert, but we'll get back to that. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. I'm back with Classy Vessels. Uh, this is Sue Jackson. And Classy was telling us, about to tell us a story of when you took a, a group of cancer, people with cancer. Go on with that, please, Classy. 
So this is a story of how we cannot predict the future, how, how something powerful can come uh, unannounced. Uh, so we took a group of women who survived breast cancer to Everest Base Camp in 2016. And the idea was that they will become brand ambassadors of what is possible despite having had cancer. So in Tokozo, one of the ladies, uh, we were on the trek and it's a, it's, it's quite a tough, uh, trek. It's, it takes eight days to reach base camp and then uh, three or four days down to back from where we started. So we were uh, trekking, and at this stage on day six, we were above 4,000 meters, so headaches, nausea, you're tired, it's it's tough. It's, it's really hard. It's a tough space to be in. And um, she was experiencing some discomfort, and what we didn't realize is that, and um, this is now getting really personal, but, I mean, that's how these things go. There's no hiding. Um, she haven't done a number two for six days so her tummy was really, really, really in not in a good space, and she got infection. And was you know, she was? Oh, we had to evacuate her. So we had to call a chopper. So now she was in a. She was going to hang a flag for Sally Robinson at base camp, and she was going to reach it and become this ambassador. And she had all trained for eight months to, to to do this thing, and she was all you know these big goals and big hopes for what was going to happen. And here. Two days before base camp, uh, before we reached base camp, she had to be evacuated out with helicopter. Now, before we went, uh, Louise from uh, BHF Breast Health Foundation said to me, you know, Ntokozo has, has got a, you know, she feels almost like survivor guilt, like she's working with uh, cancer patients and um, uh, why is she spared? And she's got this question like, you know, she's dealing with death all around her, but she's not dying and she had cancer and she's got all these confusing questions. And she had this almost guilt feeling. Anyway, she went back to Kathmandu, flew to Kathmandu, and a couple of days later, we, when we um, got back to Kathmandu ourselves, she said to me, I want to tell you something. I said, yeah, sure, have a chat. Uh, sorry, now on the mountain, I was now talking about to her about adjusting her goals and objectives and so on. And but you know, she was like so uncomfortable. I don't know what effect it had on her. But back in Kathmandu, she said, "I want to tell you something," and she said, "You know, I almost died on that mountain, but I didn't die. I'm alive, and now I can stand for those who have gone before me." And 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 she, with that insight of not reaching base camp, she realized the gift that she had to represent and stand for the ones who have passed on, um, and 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 be almost their representative. And I say to Ndukozo, that is something that you wouldn't have re- realized. It wouldn't have happened had you reached base camp. So sometimes we get fixated on goals, but we don't know how to reorientate and readjust. Um, you know, given what what life throws in front of us. And she had that insight that. Um, that profound new sort of, uh, not lease of life, but insight into the purpose of her life, uh, despite not reaching uh, a goal that she set out for initially. And, you know, on that note, I mean, what an amazing story. But Because it's showing that human beings, we do have the capacity to actually transmute life's negative aspects into something positive. And, I mean, look at that. She she became a teacher with that. I mean, she kept her dignity despite what she was being subjected to. And I'm sure she she turned her suffering into something uh, positive and uh, taught a lot of people in that. 
Classy, as usual, our shows come to an end very, very quickly. I would just, and Craig sending me three messages so far, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. I would like to just give your email address, please, for people to look up your wonderful um, messages that you put on there and your YouTubes. Will you just give that, please? Uh, oh, th- thank you, Sue. It's a, a it's street school, um, street as in street and school, one word, dot coza, co dot za. Or somebody wants to join, uh, we've got workshop, uh, you know, free uh, spiritual discussions on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. We've got workshops coming up in June on logotherapy where we rope in um, stoicism and ikigai, for instance. So classy at streetschool.coza, classy is 1A, 1S. Or just Google my name, it'll come up, street school, uh, uh, people will find me eventually. Thank you for that. Thanks for having me on your show, Sue. That's that's absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Classy. I always enjoy having you on my show. And I would just like to end with this Charles Dickens quote, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of another. So let's all reach out and heal the world and heal ourselves in doing so. Thank you, Classy. Thank you very much, Craig. And, and DJ and Bussy, God bless and keep well and warm. Thank you. I'll speak to you in a moment, Classy. Bye.